In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Game week is upon us, and In the Lab at long last is back swinging and banging for the first time during a game week since early to mid-January. I'm Drew, you're John, and it's good to be with you, John Harris. How are you? Boy, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Been a while for a regular season game. It's been a while since we've seen the Colts. I like starting the season with the Colts. I was doing Texans matchup, and I was going back and looking at the 2010 game against the Colts and Aaron Foster taking over, and what a charge that gave this stadium. Gorgeous, man. gorgeous, oh, gorgeous man. game. Three touchdowns, oh, 231 awesome. yards. Oh. Easily the finest individual performance on the ground by a Texan in team history. Just okay. so much fun. What's Easily. The, what's the second one? Man, mm, you got me there. It's probably it's Arian. Or maybe Lamar Miller, the the ninety seven yard nine yeah. that he got the ninety seven yarder. Yep. But I would have to go back and look. Yeah, I'd have to study that. I just I just threw that out there, just thinking we always talk about that one, but are there other ones that stand out? He didn't get the yardage, but he kind of was I mean, I think it was the difference in the the game offensively. Seven and one Texans, seven and one Bears. Yeah. Sunday night football at Chicago in 2012. He gets the touchdown catch. You know, he had one. I, it was a very you had to slug it out type of effort, but he was he was very good that, that yeah, yeah. In, a, in a sort of odd way. It's yeah. not. No one's ever going to say that's the the second best performance, but that's the one that still kind of jumps out to me of all his performances. Yeah, he had one, uh, I think it was Tennessee in 14. I thought it was pretty good. His and, game and, against and Dallas. In, and in tw- 11. Yeah, his game against Dallas in 2014, even though on a losing effort. I remember the third quarter. First half, we couldn't really get anything going. Neither team really could in that game against Dallas in 2014. And then Arian really kind of woke everybody up in the third quarter. Didn't give it to him enough in overtime. Yeah, and then tried to throw it to him in overtime. Anyways, yeah. I don't want to get into that. Didn't get it to him enough. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. John, we're going to do a few things relative to game week. All right, You're going to answer or finish a sentence for me. Oh, boy. And we're going to also have our cream of the crop predictions. The cream of the crop. Okay. So we're going to welcome our good friend Randy the Macho Man Savage back in. Oh, baby. Yes. So the Macho Man. The cream of the crop. Thank you, Macho Man. The Macho Man. Give us his uh, his stylings for cream of the crop, but then we're gonna give who we think will be the cream of the crop. But I want you to answer this sentence. Ooh, okay. Ultimately, the Texans will triumph over the Colts because. Finish that sentence. This is a much more physical team. It's a much more explosively twitchy team in the trenches. Okay. And those words often don't go together all that often when you're talking about interior players. But to beat the Colts, they have those guys. Yes. And you've got to match those guys. Mm-hmm. And I heard, I can't remember who it was I was listening to this morning. Whether was, I think it was maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, Sean and Seth. And they were talking about the offensive line, our offensive line. And our offensive line might include... Titus Howard, Justin Britt, Laramie Tunsil on the front. Mm-hmm. But Titus being a guard last year and now at a tackle makes a massive difference. A.J. Cam being at guard makes a 
massive difference. Experienced, has played these guys twice a year. Yes. For the last five, and six years. physical. Mm-hmm. He did an interview with Mark and I the other day and shook hands with him. I'm like, my hands are pretty big. I mean, I've got like size 10 and a quarter hands. I mean, I, I would go to the combine and I would get hand uh, kudos You're on a big Twitter. old bear claw guy, yeah. So when he t- grabbed my hand, I'm like, wow. And he's had a really good preseason, I thought. And then when Kenyon comes around, that changes everything at left guard. Even if it's Justin McCray to start, I think it's better than how the Texans started at, at, at left guard. I would have rather had McCray at guard Howard at tackle as opposed to what they ended up starting in week one last year. So mm-hmm. I just think that change of Titus out to go, uh, tackle, A.J. Kane coming in at guard and Kenya potentially going in at guard or Justin McCray guard, I think changes things for this offense, no doubt. And defensively, I think Malik Collins has taken his game to a different level. Roy's in the second year. I just think they're so much better inside. You got Booker, you got Heinish. You got some dudes that have some twitch, some stout power, um, and then you add Oboe outside to what you already had, then you got your two vets. I just think you're that much more explosively twitchy outside. And I think the Colts, I don't want to say are the same, but the Colts added Ngakwe on the outside. Now, he won't play the run, but if a team's going to have great edge rushers, I'm okay with that because you got Laramie and you got Titus out there. But they add Ngakwe, but on the offensive line, they've lost... They lost Costando two years ago, and I don't think they've ever really fully replaced him. So right. now it's Matt Pryor. They got Danny Pinter replacing Mark Glowinski, and Glowinski was the glue that held that line together. It's still going to be a good offensive line. But those are two losses over the last couple of years that right. have are, could really hurt the Colts. So if your defensive line can match up, especially in those two particular spots, and then you can win and win consistently with that explosive twitch, that power up front, and you got a great opportunity to win this football game. All right. I like that. My answer would be the because they win because takeaways. Yep. And a rejuvenated run game. Okay. I think I think you're gonna have to get takeaways, clearly, for this for this defense, for this team to to flourish. And I do think the run game with Damian Pierce is gonna be so much better oh, yeah. than what we saw last year. Yes. And you know, Justin Britt, I talked to him in the locker room the other day, and he said, all right, listen, we're not going to get nine, ten yards of carry like we did. He's like, Everyone needs to chill on that. But we got to stay committed to it. we got to keep getting the four- and five-yard chunks uh, consistently. Because they didn't do that last year. It was no. in the 3-2 range, 3-4 range, which is unacceptable. You know, they, they, and I'm not speaking out of turn. We've heard Nick Casario say yep. it. We've heard Lovey Smith say that. It. Everyone no. has said that's unacceptable. Dagum off as a lineman said it. Yeah, I'm just parroting what they say. So... They do those two things, that makes a world of difference mm-hmm. over what you saw them do against the Colts last year. This is a big sticking point in their respective craw- or their collective craws. Mm-hmm. They were absolutely smoked with no real excuse. You get smoked at Buffalo, that's kind of an excuse. It was Davis Mills' first road start, yeah. and it was in torrential downpour. Oh. I mean, you can you can kind of wipe your hands with that one, so to speak, but. The other two, you were in perfect weather conditions, and you got blasted by a superior opponent, and they want more. Yep. Know, the Texans want more. Okay, so you brought up Malik Collins, and we're going to add this in. I didn't put this in the table of contents, but okay. true or false, mm. we did see him a little bit, but for the most part, he was, uh, he was not in in the preseason. True or false, the guys we did not see in the preseason and the things – on offense and defense, we did not see in the preseason, meaning 
blitzes on defense, yep. uh, different plays on offense. But those things that we that did not show up in August will also prove to be the difference on Sunday. True or false? Because we didn't see Brandon yeah. Cooks. We didn't see Justin Britt. I think it makes a difference in how the units operate for sure. You can also look at the Colts and say, well, you know, they didn't play their guys either. Right. And I think a big difference is does Shaquille Leonard play? That's Been Darius Leonard, with, for for those of you who yeah. can't remember, the inside linebacker. He changed right. his name to Shaquille. Yeah, exactly. Shaq Leonard also. The maniac, the guy that we all, I don't know, I, I would put him on a villains list. I think you were the one that, that said I'd, I'd put him on the guy. Rushmore of yeah, Texans yeah. villains up there with T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, he's just he so frustrating to play. Three of those. He Rushmore. wasn't even healthy last year. He was still punching the ball out from everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's made such big plays against us the last Huge few years. Huge difference maker. Huge difference maker. Now, I don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. My guess is he is going to be on the field dressed out how much he plays could be a difference. I'd be stunned if he doesn't play. I would absolutely be, I would be stunned too. if I'm he does totally not play of, of, in some form or fashion. I'm totally preparing for him to play. Yeah. And he didn't do anything in the preseason. Buckner didn't do a whole heck of a lot in the preseason. Grover Stewart did play in the preseason. So they didn't play their full guys. They're full of a lot of guys. We didn't either. But there's a lot that revolves around Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that's going to change with your protection when you have a guy like Laramie Tunsil out on the edge because you're like, Laramie, you got Ngakwe? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. So you can set the protection different ways. You mm-hmm. can you know, move your running back and have your running back do different things. So I think schematically it makes a difference, especially with Brandon Cooks, where you can line Brandon up, what matchups you can get him on, what you can glean from a defense from just where Brandon is lined up. If there's an, a perimeter corner that lines up with Brandon inside, it's a decent idea. Well, that's probably man. Let's watch the safeties after the snap. Yep, that's man. Okay, this is where I want to go with this route. And it gives Davis Mills some hints and tips, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think those things make a difference for this team. I think the difference makers were the ones that obviously didn't play a lot. But I think you mentioned the biggest difference maker in this one, and that is Damian Pierce and the running game. Now, you can look at the running game and say, well, Success in the running game is the result of the process up front of those guys occupying that front, moving that front, getting a hat on Darius Shaquille Leonard and occupying him as well to give Damian just little slivers of space. But I think also the one thing last year's team really could not kind of tap into was this game is 17-17. And it demands us to win the next five minutes of game action as physically dominant as it can be. Mm -hmm. This game is teetering on the brink of us really pushing it over the edge. Can we take it over physically? And I think with a a young hammerhead like Troy Harrison at fullback with A.J. Can and Kenyon Green on the inside, you have an opportunity to do that more so than you could last year or the year before. You just couldn't take over a game and that I would love to see. Like in that 2010 matchup, that offensive line and Arian took over the game in the second half and yeah. physically just brought it to the Colts. And if there's a team that you want to go in and just bust it right in the mouth, you know, you go in and bust the bully right in the mouth. You don't back down, but you can't tiptoe in either. That game gets to the third, fourth quarter, and it demands physicality to take over the next 18, 15, 12 minutes of game action then you got to be able to do that. I think Texans can tap into that a little bit more. 
um, than they could in the past. And that's going to be, I think, a massive, massive point in this game. All right. Time for cream of the crop. Oh, okay. The cream of the crop. Okay. Okay, my cream of the – I'm going to go first. You go first. My cream of the crop is going to be offensive coordinator Pep Hamilton. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Right. I've, I've touched on this a few times since February. Mm-hmm. I can't stress enough that if what we've seen and what we're hearing turns out to be true, things will be much different than what we've seen around here mm-hmm. offensively the last eight years. I think he's going to get guys in position to succeed – He's going to accentuate strengths. Yep. He's not going to jam a square peg in the round hole. Right. He's going to be creative in in a different sort of way. Yep. In a, I think a m- more sensible sort of way. And so I think he does that. And we saw glimpses of it. We sure. saw glimpses of it in August. I mean, what they were doing with the run game. And yes, I know it was preseason, but we didn't see that in the preseason here over the last decade. Sure. We didn't see it with Kubiak. You didn't see Arian peeling off big runs like that. Right. You really did not. So that's that's what I'm going with. I'm going with Pep Hamilton. He's get, If the Texans are to win and to take care of business and be this tough physical team that they have said, that Pep said, that Lovey Smith has said he wants them to be, it's going to be because of what he's dialed up and what he's kind of helping still up front with that offensive line and with this running game. I'm going to use a phrase. In fact, I'm... I'm and, and one more addendum to this. And with what he's done since February, installing this offense mm-hmm. with Davis Mills. Davis has been up in those offices, yep. working with him, mm-hmm. getting things right, saying, well, I, don't, I, I think that's, I like that call, but what about this? Right. Da, da, da. This, I think, would work. They've been working on this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a phrase, and at first you're going to go, wait a second, that's paradoxical in some sense. But I think an offense, a good offensive coordinator has to have stubborn malleability. I love it, yes. Meaning you've got to be stubborn on certain things. Right. But being malleable means you are flexible to other things. Mm-hmm. That during the game, hey, I've, I've stu- we stubbornly have to stick to the run because it might pop. This is the game it might pop. Malleability tells you, you know what, they're eating us alive. Yeah. And they're staying in their base. When we go to this, we've got to make this adjustment, and we've got to make it quickly. And so – Everything that you've done during the week can get, I don't want to say thrown out the window, but it can be adjusted. But if you have stubborn malleability, as in we ran it, it didn't work, but we're going to stick to it and see how it goes. I like that, that, yeah. And be flexible off of that. And I think that's one way that uh, I see Pep being different than play callers maybe uh, in the past, which I'm okay with. My cream of the crop is going to be a guy that you mentioned just a little while ago I brought up, and that's Malik Collins. All right. I think Willie Collins during training camp was playing at a level that I've not seen him since his days in Nebraska. Nice. His quickness was the same, if not better, than it was last year. His power, he's so quick and concise with his hand movement and everything he's doing, and he has counters for everything. Now, it's a battle going against Quentin Nelson. It's going to be a battle going against Danny Pinter, even though he's going and starting presumably for the first time if it is Pinter at guard, which I expect. Then you got to go against Ryan Kelly at center. So that, that interior is pretty stout and pretty tough, but I think Malik matches up with them really well because of his quickness. And he's not just a guy that runs up field at 288 pounds, 285 pounds. He's a good solid 305. And if you see Malik, his, his button is 
thighs are just massive. <laughs> so it's not like he just runs up field and gets knocked out of gaps. He gets up field, but he holds his own and then can redirect when he gets there. I think Malik Collins ends up being a massive figure in this week one. He's my he's my cream of the crop to go with your Pep Hamilton. I like your Pep Hamilton cream of the crop. It's really good. It's really, really good. But I'm going with Malik Collins on the defensive side. I think he's got to be a big key. Well, you know what? I like your Malik Collins, and I also like your stubborn malleability. So Thank we're you. just liking everything Thank today. You. This has been fun. It's always good to be with you. And I can't wait to do this again next week. Hopefully we're recapping a little bit of a Texans win over the Colts. And be awesome. Be ready for a little drink to Denver. That's right. This has been In the Lab. <laughs>